Yeah, no, it, it was a spiritual experience for me, mm. really. You know, if I'm candid, it was an eye-opening experience because all of the pieces of my life started to come together. And I also found purpose in it. Hi, I'm Bon Koo, the host of Design Lab. It's a show where we explore how design can help us live healthier lives. On this show, we interview designers, architects, doctors, entrepreneurs, and other cool people. Together, we're going to discover how we can redesign our lives and even reshape our environments in order to make better choices about healthy living. Thank you, everyone, for listening, subscribing, and rating. Please continue to leave us your comments. Let us know how we can improve. So this particular show is a very personal one for me because I've actually been experimenting with my diet, trying to redesign the way I eat, and I've been consumed by it. This is something I literally think about every hour of the day. I am a strong believer that food is medicine, and if we can eat healthier, we can actually reduce our risk of developing chronic diseases. But I've struggled my whole life to eat healthier. I grew up eating processed food. I'm a huge carnivore. I love meat and barbecue. But in February, I started to redesign my diet, and eating at plant-based restaurants has helped me out in that journey. So I was stoked to interview Nicole Marquis because she's the owner of one of my favorite plant-based restaurants in Philadelphia. Nicole is a successful vegan restaurateur. She's the founder and CEO of Hip City Veg. She operates nine vegan restaurants in the Philadelphia and DC areas. Being able to have access to plant-based restaurants like hers has helped me to make healthier choices about my diet. I hope our conversation might inspire you to design more plant-based meals into your own life. Nicole, thank you for joining Design Lab. So excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. My daughter and I are big fans of Hip City Veg. And part of my research that I do is I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I've also visited um, Bar Bon Bon and got some food from there. I did that a couple of weeks ago. Love that place. Oh, that's great. Well, we'll have to meet there one day. Yeah. I had the Philly cheesesteak empanadas that were fantastic. I can't wait to go inside after this whole pandemic thing blows over. And it seems like just a lovely, beautiful space. Thank you so much. Listening to some of your podcasts, I know that like me, you grew up in a household that was not plant-based. And can you describe your journey to starting a company that sells plant-based food? Yeah, absolutely. So my mother, like you mentioned, my mother's Puerto Rican, my father's Italian and French. So every single meal, even the salad had meat on it. So everything, you know, was centered really around meat. And, you know, we always just appreciated and loved food. And my parents had us try so many different cuisines and we would go to Puerto Rico in the summer and spend the whole summer with my mom's family and Puerto Rican food is very meat centric. I so, love Puerto Rican food. Yeah, me too, <laughs> you know, and I just, and I grew up like most people thinking that eating meat is part of a healthy diet and that I have to drink a lot of milk for healthy bones, especially as a woman and eating cheese is really good because it has calcium in it. So I just had all these ideas about nutrition growing up. And after grad school, I read a couple books on nutrition that made a 
huge difference in my life. The first one was the China study by Dr. Mm-hmm. T. Colin Campbell. And then Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. And there's a comprehensive nutritional analysis on the benefits of a plant-based diet and how animal protein can, like a light switch, turn on and off cancer cells. That was really incredible for me to read. My grandmother had breast cancer and eventually passed away from complications with cancer. And I was always just growing up, you know, worried about that. Just like, oh, I should go to the doctor a lot. I don't, you know, always afraid of breast cancer. But I was also told that I should drink a lot of dairy for osteoporosis to prevent Mm. that. And I just started to realize things like the countries with the highest rates of osteoporosis also are the countries with the highest consumption of dairy. Mm -hmm. And I would look at, you know, my family was just in their 50s, my mom and my dad in their 50s, you know, a little overweight. They were feeling kind of sluggish. They were coming down with a lot of what were considered like lifestyle diseases, diabetes, high cholesterol, Mm -hmm. um, high blood pressure. And I'd been reading all this about eating for optimal health. And I said to my dad, I was like, Poppy, you've got to eat more vegetables. You have to eat more fruits and vegetables Mm. and lay off the meat. He's like, oh, and he's a nurse practitioner. So he's like one of the smartest guys I know. And he's just like, listen, this is, I have diabetes because it's genetic. My dad had it. My family had it. That's why I have it. And I'm like, no, you guys eat the same things. And finally, after making him a green smoothie and preparing a few meals for him, and then after he read the China study, he was quickly convinced of the need to adopt a plant-based diet. And what happened to his health was utterly remarkable. It was really magic in front of my eyes. Everything I had been reading happened to my father. He lost weight. He eliminated all four of his medications that he was on for blood pressure and cholesterol. And then for a period of time, put his type two diabetes into remission. So this was tremendous for the family. And my mother also lost weights and she reduced inflammation and the pains and aches from arthritis by eating plant-based. I knew at that moment, I have to bring this to the world, but I know that I'm not going to be able to convince people to eat more plants by just talking about it. Like with my dad, I had to show him it could taste good. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I would have to make it convenient for people and also make it familiar, right? We all know what a crispy chicken sandwich is. You know, we all know what a Caesar salad is. So can I do this, but make it completely plant-based in a familiar format that people will love? And that's how I came up with the idea for Hip City Veg. And I've had that chicken sandwich and it's so good. I remember my buddy and I, who was a nurse, we ate it. And afterward we go, oh, this is not really chicken. This is but <laughs> this is plant-based. Yeah. And I, I love that your dad works in healthcare because a lot of us who work in healthcare, we eat like crap, even though we're taking care of patients, our diets aren't mm-hmm. really good. And I remember in med school, I think I took maybe one hour of nutrition class, which is mm-hmm. ironic because I'm telling patients how to live healthier lives. And it's been so hard for me personally to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. And 
why do you think that is? Why, why is it so hard for people to eat a healthy diet, to eat a diet that's more plant-based? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are so many factors. I think one, I'm, I mean, your doctor, my dad's a nurse, you're, you have a very intense job. You're, it's high stress, high, it's very demanding. And, you know, the last thing that's on your mind is like, okay, let me make sure that this is like a very clean balance. You're like, no, I have another case I have to get to. I want to eat that bag of Doritos and and Diet Coke. Me me drinking Diet Coke is healthy. So like- Exactly. I think there's so many things. I think one where many of us are just bamboozled about nutrition. Every day there's a new thing that comes out. It's like fats are good. Fats are not good. Actually, sugar will help you. Sugar is not good. You know, chicken is good. No, chicken is bad. We're constantly getting so many contrasting pieces of information that make it really hard to decide what is actually good. So I think that's one of the things. And then also food is really emotional. Food is tied to our culture, to our family traditions, to our memories. There's a lot of nostalgia around food. You know, the feeling that people get when they think about Thanksgiving with the big turkey and the family around it, like that's an emotional connection. So trying to remove those things from your lifestyle can be actually very difficult. It's painful to do that. So that's why I really wanted to make plant-based foods super familiar. Like this is just happens to be plant-based, but that's sort of secondary to your experiences. You're coming into Hip City Veg and it's just good tasting food. I know what it is. It's a crispy chicken sandwich. And then realizing, wait a minute, this is plant-based. I think that's what opens a door for people because with food, you've got to connect with people with flavor first. Mm. And then convenience. Foods like this are just not accessible. And that's a major part of our mission is to make plant-based foods available to millions of people everywhere. I love that. I think about this saying that food is medicine. and mm-hmm. But like healthcare for some people, it's often not accessible, especially if you don't have insurance, that it's hard to access the healthcare system for many Americans. And in a similar way, it's hard to access a healthy diet for so many of us that maybe we live in a food desert or we just don't know how to eat healthy. And I'm a physician and I don't know how to eat healthy. And I'm trying to do a healthy diet for my kids and I'm struggling with that. So I I love that analogy of making a food accessible to people. And that's been the case for me and my daughter, because we could just go and we order it and get it. And it's not intimidating either when I go into Hip City Veg, that it's not like I'm a hippie, bohemian, (laughs) vegan, that it's a very inviting experience. It's very familiar. So what you're trying to do. So I'm so glad that it came across one, 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 100%. And I'm curious to know, uh, I've heard you say that there are a lot of plant-based myths out there that you've had to address and challenge some of those plant-based myths. And can you talk about some of them that you have challenged? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is really 
working to describe what is it, right? What, if it's not chicken, what is it? Because it looks like chicken. It tastes like chicken. It like, you can chew on it like chicken. Everything about it really feels like chicken. So what is it? And so we just try to make it as simple as possible. We say it's organic grains and it's organic soy. And, you know, we're very transparent. We have like the ingredient book that everyone can look at. People are always asking this smokehouse burger is incredible. Are you sure it's not like real meat? And we're like, yes. I I love that smokehouse burger. I've had it multiple times. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. We're like, it is real meat. It's plant meat. It's plant protein. And all organisms are made up of protein. Protein is essential. So there've been scientists and really incredible innovators who've been able to take protein from plants and mimic the mouthfeel, the texture, the taste of meat. And we have never had so much access to plant-based foods ever. This is the time um, in our history where more and more plant-based products are coming out and available to people, yet meat consumption has never been so high, ever. So what we know is that people really love meat. There's something about the smell and the sizzle and the fat and the taste that people just crave and love. And so that also, you know, influenced how I made the menu for Hip City Veg. I knew that I need this burger to taste like a juicy Big Mac that somebody is like, you know, the sauce has to be right on, the flavor has to be right on because if we don't get it right with the flavor, we're not going to bring people back in or convince that they can eat an entirely plant-based meal. It's, it's helped me so much. I've been, so I used to be a huge meat eater up until February of this year. So about seven months ago. Yeah. I used to eat meat three times a day. So bacon for breakfast, maybe a burger for lunch, pork, chicken. And I was a carnivore and I decided to go plant-based. I, I still do seafood. It's hard for me as a Korean not to give that up. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, so I've been sort of body hacking and doing these experiments in, in my life about what does, how is that plant-based diet going to impact me? And one myth that I had to address was that if you're on a plant-based diet, that you're not going to be as strong or bulky, right? That's out there. And I watched that film Game Changers. That was pretty impactful upon me of seeing NFL football players and weightlifters and MMA fighters on a plant-based vegan diet and still performing at the highest elite level. So it's been fascinating to me that, so I've been, I, I do a lot of rowing and I've been able to drop my rowing times by like my 2000 meter row by 30 seconds still being on a plant-based diet. And that, and it's pretty interesting. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on how does a plant-based diet make you stronger or how does it keep you in better shape by oh. personally or people that you know? Well, it's a great question. You know, people ask me all the time, Nicole, how do you do it? How do you manage nine restaurants and 
be a single mom and have a three-year-old and have multiple businesses? How do you manage it all? And I always answer because I eat plant-based. There's something about eating plants to fuel my body that gives me the energy and the stamina to keep up with all of that goes with, you know, managing so many moving parts. And it keeps me lean. I just, in general, whole food plant-based diet is lowering fat. So you're going to have, I think, an easier time with maintaining optimal weight. That doesn't mean that there's not junk food. Like I sell sweet potato fries. It's not a health food restaurant. And I like indulge in sweet potato fries almost daily. (laughs) Me too. I love those. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So, but you know, I always say like the largest mammals, the strongest mammals on earth eat leaves and twigs and grass. And there's a ton of protein in plant-based foods. And I think there's a big misconception that you can't eat protein. There was a huge push in the 50s when we were industrializing cattle production for protein. Physicians and the government also wanted to talk about protein as like the miracle the miracle moment for everyone that if you eat protein, you will live a healthy life and it's the most important thing to eat. So animal agriculture really industrialized and stemmed from this idea that we have to eat so much protein. I think people are afraid being protein deficient. And I think, you know, protein deficiency is like, that's a serious thing. You know, we see that in third world countries with children who are starving. I've I've never had, I've never had a patient come to my emergency room with protein deficiency. There we go. Well, I need to like, I can I quote that and put it on Instagram? Yeah, totally. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a little like post on my feed about that. Yeah. No one's been protein deficient coming, but that is, it it is a fear. And that's a fear I had too, that I am not going to get enough protein to, I do a lot of Olympic lifting. And I I think I thought I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to be able to build muscle mass. But all animals, right, are derivative of plants. The, of plants. the animals that we eat yeah. plants. Absolutely. And that's, an, and that's another thing about calcium too. We're taught to believe that calcium comes from milk, but calcium is a mineral that comes from the ground. Cows, milk was rich in calcium because they used to graze grass all day. Now they don't have that. And we have to fortify milk with calcium and vitamin D because it's deficient in calcium because they're not actually grazing grass anymore. And so I think it's just, look, it's a, it's an industry, a profit-driven industry that it's one of the largest industries in the world and it keeps growing. And its job is really to convince us of the need to keep eating these foods and convincing us that it's healthy for us. But what I found is that I've been plant-based for 12 years and I'm still living. I'm actually thriving. <laughs> and, and by doing that, I'm also doing the single most important thing that I can do to help prevent the climate crisis Mm. that is um, impending. And I think that also once those doors start to open and it becomes like 
a holistic lifestyle. For me, animal rights is now the reason why I do what I do. I mm-hmm. have a deep desire to end animal suffering because I know I don't have to eat it. I yeah. don't have to. And I can actually thrive by eating vitamin, mineral-rich plants. You know, one thing about game changers, Brian Jennings, the world champion heavyweight boxer from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. came to Hip City Veg and we threw a big event and went to the theater to screen the movie Game Changers. Get out. That's so cool. I have to tell you, I sat next to one of the strongest, biggest guys I have ever sat next to. And he has eaten plants only for 15 years. Wow. And this is the biggest guy I've ever sat next to. I was like, there's a lot of muscle over here. (laughs) And this came from plants. And he says that he's able to have the stamina in the ring and win championships because of his diet. And it's this compounding effect that I found in my six-month experiment, and it's still going on, that, yes, I feel like I have more energy that you were talking about by going on a plant-based diet, and I feel healthier, and it makes me not want to eat unhealthy food. It's weird because I've almost lost my taste for steak and chicken and pork, and even though I make it for my family, I just made some pork for my kid, some pork chops, but... I didn't want to eat it. It's just like compounding effect and sort of a mindset shift that yes. going on a plant-based diet just triggers. And I've seen people do that. They just live an overall healthier life by going plant-based. So I, I love what you had sure. said about that. Yeah, no, it, it was a spiritual experience for me, mm. really. You know, if I'm candid, it was an eye-opening experience because all of the pieces of my life started to come together. And I also found purpose in it, which was great to find sort of like a purpose-driven life behind that. And I think it's a journey for everyone. You know, I remind people, it took me 10 years from saying I wasn't going to eat beef to actually being vegan. So it took me a decade to like little by little get to veganism because I always said there's no way I am going to give up cheese. There's just no way. I love it too much. I want it on everything until I, you know, learn more and more about what that does to my body and the effect on the environment. And so I tell everyone when they're approaching a vegan diet, I said, just lean into it a little bit, like take it step by step. Like maybe you read one book and it convinces you to give up beef first. And that was for me. I read the book, um, Mad Cowboy by Howard Lyman. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's an evolution. I I love that because it's intimidating to think about how am I going to go more plant-based or how am I going to go vegan? And it seems like such a, you know, like you're diving off a cliff. It seems, I think, a little bit scary. That's how I felt a little bit Mm because I was like, I love meat. I love kalbi. I love, you know, all the Korean meats that we grill at the Korean barbecue. And like you were saying, our society is designed around a meat-eating culture. And what are some practical ways if someone's thinking about, hey, I want to just be a little bit healthier with my diet and eat more plant-based? What are, what are some practical things yeah. that people can do to design their lives around a plant-based diet? 
Yeah. I always start with the pantry. I say, let's just take one small step and switch something in your pantry that you use frequently for a plant-based alternative. So for me, it was butter. Like I love, you know, in the morning butter on toast, I would put, I cook things in butter. I really use butter a lot. So I found um, Earth Balance, which is organic and non-GMO, and it's vegetable-based because butter is really is just fat, right? So mm-hmm. this is vegetable oils, and it's delicious and it tastes like butter. And it was an easy thing for me to swap out in my pantry. And then recently, Just Egg is a product that came out that is incredible. It scrambles like egg. And that's just recent. I haven't, we haven't had anything like that on, you know, in the grocery stores before. Mm. I was really doing scrambled tofu in the morning if I felt like having egg. But then there's things like mayo, like veganese. No one can tell the difference. In fact, people prefer, every time I test it out, people prefer veganese and blind testing over mayo. Amazing. Tofuti sour cream is great. And then also milks. You want to like, try different milks. Oat milk is like a fan favorite right now. The full fat oat milk by Oatly, everyone is loving. And that's what I'm using now. I have a severe anaphylaxis allergy to tree nuts, so I can't Mm. do almond or cashew, but a lot of people love that as well. So I would say like start there with your pantry basics. Mm. And then a lot of menus you'll be surprised now are catering towards more vegan, vegetarian uh, dishes and guests. So they will have like one or two vegan dishes on the menu. It's not like 10 years ago when I would go out to a restaurant and I would just say, I'll have the side of broccoli and the side of potatoes (laughs) with no butter. And like, that's all I could eat. Now you'll see that chefs, especially at really great restaurants, chefs are so willing to throw together a delicious vegetable plate. And what you said was really true. Like as you start going through this, you'll start to crave really healthy things for yourself. So it's so bizarre. I would have never thought I, I mean, I was eating meat three times a day and I just do not desire it. And my friends think I'm lying because I would, I do a big pig roast every year where I go oh, to a farm, okay. get a pig, puff it in the back of my Subaru, You're roast serious. it. I was serious. I would cook ribs. I would smoke meats. I, I was a big meat eater and lost my taste for it, which is amazing. It's fascinating. I'm so excited for you. I'm like, I can't wait to like, we have to go eat somewhere and like enjoy a vegan feast. Totally. And, and, but I love what you're saying that it's gotta be tasty because I'm used to spice all the time. And like a lot of like quote unquote American food is so bland to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I I need that to be flavorful. And so I think you have done that in, in your restaurants, which is just so great that Korean um, spicy tofu that I love. It reminds me of like, <sighs> this feels like panchan or I could see me eating it at, at a Korean restaurant. And we're both based in the Philly area and Philly is a great city. There's a great food scene here, great hospitals. Healthcare mm-hmm. is great in Philly, but we're one of the unhealthiest largest cities in the US. We have high rates of obesity, diabetes, hypertension, 
I feel like working as a doctor in the emergency room, that hospitals are these repair shops, especially for patients with chronic diseases. And I believe that the work that you are doing and other folks in the city around changing people's diet to more of a plant-based diet is going to have a greater impact than the work I do in a hospital, actually. Because I just repair. I'm a repair <laughs> shop, right? But you are... Yeah, but we you, are grateful for you, <laughs> yes, I have to yeah. say. But, but I think about it. the 20-year impact of our city, like what is the best long-term health impact? I believe that it's getting us to eat healthier as a society, that that's going to decrease our risk of diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and that's going to have a bigger impact. I'm, I'm good at repairing people, but not thinking about how to change our culture to be more healthy. And yeah. so I, I, I love the work that, that you're doing and what kind of long-term impact it's going to have in our city. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is like Philadelphians will try new things. Like we're adventurous. There are a ton of foodies in this city. People are willing to give something new a try. We're always rooting for the underdog too. So if it's a Philadelphia based brand, people will support it and they're loyal. So I just think a lot of brands haven't given Philadelphia a try. And I think that's another thing we need to really make it easier for businesses to start up and try new things. And we'll probably see more diverse, like a more diverse food scene. Although we have a really good food scene, I think focusing on plant-based foods is really important for our city. Yeah. I would love to see some plant-based Korean restaurants open up. I I know we're running short of time, so I wanted to shift gears uh, to one question. We touched a little bit on this before of how a plant-based diet can improve our planetary health, that it's actually Mm -hmm. the best thing that we can do as individuals to improve the environmental health of our neighborhoods and of our country, of the world. So why, how is that? Because I think that has not been talked about enough. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It hasn't been talked about enough. The number one thing we can do to reduce greenhouse gases is to eat less meat. If we ate more plants and replaced our, you know, our diets with primarily plant-based foods, we would see a dramatic shift in the environmental state that we're in. You know, this pressing climate crisis is almost scarier to me than what we've been through with COVID. Mm. And animal agriculture plays a huge part in global warming. So when I learned, you know, when the WHO put out a report that states that 51% of greenhouse gases is derived from animal agriculture. My jaw dropped that eating plants has a more powerful impact on the environment than taking all of the cars, trucks, airplanes, and automobiles off the road in the entire world. I was like, whoa. It's crazy, right? It's like if you had two choices to give up your car and eat animals versus like, I'm going to have a gas guzzling car, but eat plants, that actually would be better for the environment. 
Oh, yeah. And using animals as the middleman to feed our community. So we're using 13 pounds of grain to produce one pound of beef in a world where 800 million people don't have enough food to lead healthy lives. We feed 750 million pounds of grain to cattle. We could take that food and feed the world and end world hunger by repurposing the grain that we grow in the world. And just some of the practices of the animal agriculture industry are horrific. And we've seen that during this pandemic with outbreaks happening, uh, COVID outbreaks happening in meatpacking facilities that they have workers so close to each other. And it's one of the most high risk places in our country around the world for people to get infected with COVID is, is meatpacking facilities. And, and just thinking about we don't socially distance the animals that we eat. And it just makes it easier for viruses to jump from animals to humans. So I think even going to a plant-based diet would help us maybe even prevent some of these outbreaks and epidemics that, that we've been I mean, seeing. Tofu never caused a pandemic, but animals over and over again, we're seeing. Um, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote you on that one. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I don't know. I probably saw that somewhere on Instagram or something or Pinterest. You know, it's, yeah, absolutely. We have to really look at our dependency on animal protein and where we've gone wrong there environmentally with our health epidemic we have and, and also for animal rights and how we're treating other sentient beings. 100%. During this heavy time that we're all experiencing, how are you replenishing your tank and getting inspired to continue to do your work? Oh, such a good question. You're hitting on a hot button there because this has been, you know, an extremely trying time. I don't think there's ever been a harder time to run a restaurant in history. I mean, this is as hard as it gets. And such a sad and tumultuous time for our country too. So, you know, for me, I'm just like, I always do keeping my thoughts positive. I'm really just every time something, you know, I get caught up in a negative thought or caught up in a, just being overwhelmed. I really look at what's working at how much we have accomplished. I remain grateful. That is my medicine is gratitude you know, every day it's like, I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm grateful that I have an office right now. You know, I'm grateful that my team has pulled through. I just talk, I just look at and, and do this rampage of gratitude to get myself back and centered to lead the company to where I know it can be once we get out of this year 2020. You know, I mean, I took a little time away. I took a week at the beach with my my son and a few friends. And that was really good to just turn it off and not, not think about much because my engine is just like, it's always running on like high speed. So it was really good to get a few days away. But again, I always tell people, I'm like, I eat plant-based. I don't know. There's something about it that just fuels me, keeps me going, helps me. I sleep well at night. 
because of it, I uh, feel just all around, I have a sense of wellness. But I think getting through this time has really been because of my team. And I, I can't say it enough. Like they have been wind in my sails. So it's almost like I had to inspire them to get through COVID. They end up being wind in my sails, inspiring me. And now I'm doing it for them again. So it's like, we're just giving back to one another and trying to get through this hard time. Uh, that's amazing. Well, thank you for inspiring me to be healthier in my own life and switching over to more of a plant-based diet for being a leader in Philadelphia. And thank you for joining me on Design Lab. So good to talk to you. Thanks. Joining me now is the producer of Design Lab, Rob Puglisi. Rob and I like to use this time to think about what is a takeaway from the guest, something that we can apply to our own life to be healthier. What's up, man? That was a great interview. I love Nicole Marquis. I love Hip City Veg. What do you think, man? I think I need to go throw out a lot of food in my refrigerator. <laughs> like, like what? I mean, me and my wife have tried eating more plants, but we haven't been doing a very good job at it. And I still have a lot of milk and dairy and meat in my diet. And I think Nicole might have convinced me to start to try to change some of that. Especially with you, because you have type 1 diabetes. I know that it's been a struggle for you to eat healthier. It's been a struggle for me to eat healthier. What were some of your takeaways from the interview? Carbs and meat is like the most convenient thing to eat. So carbs are pretty much a no-no for me being that I have diabetes. So like protein is a yes, right? Like I can eat whatever meat I want and, and don't have to worry so much about my sugar. So it does become very challenging and, and it's nice to have companies like, like Hip City Veg who make it easy and actually like tasty to eat plant-based. It's so hard, me doing this experiment for the past six, seven months of trying to go plant-based. I gave up chicken, beef, pork, I still do seafood. And what I realize is that our society, our culture is centered around eating animals, that it's cheaper to eat animals, it's easier to eat animals, it's socially more acceptable to eat animals than to go on a plant-based diet. One of the really genius things that Nicole is doing is that she's being really intentional with how she's presenting her plant-based food to the world. Mm. Because you have to, because the the industry that supports all this meat that comes to our table works tirelessly day and night to make everybody think that their food is natural and wholesome and wonderful. It, and that's yeah. and that's and that's what, you know, she has to go up against to change hearts and minds. These food producers are relying on this image in your head that these animals are growing up on farms and have these wonderful lives and then they get slaughtered and that's their sacrifice, but at least they had a, a great life eating good food. Those days are gone. That does not happen anymore, but the industry relies on that image to make everybody comfortable with eating their product. Yeah, 100%. And we almost have to trick consumers into thinking that you don't have to be a vegan or vegetarian to eat a plant-based diet. And I remember the first time I went to Hep City Veg, I didn't realize it was just vegetarian because she uses names that sound like the names at other fast casual restaurants. 
And I remember eating that chicken sandwich. I go, hmm, this is pretty good because it's called like a chicken sandwich. And I'm thinking, wait, is this really chicken or not chicken? And I'm like, oh, I don't think this is chicken. And I think for some of us, there's this mental barrier of going, I'm going to eat a plant-based diet for lunch. And we just need to overcome that hurdle. We do. You know, this whole idea of like how when you go to California, it's so easy to eat plants. And a lot of that is because it's fresh and it's not presented as being vegetarian. You're totally, eating fresh, right? Totally. You're eating food that came from someplace close by. Just eating good food that happens to yeah. be plants. And one thing that's hard is sometimes it costs more money to eat plants or organic foods or to shop at those places rather. Like I just shopped at Whole Foods this morning and my grocery bill was a lot, man. And it, it would have been much cheaper going to Acme and just buying that ground beef for like $2 a pound or buying that, that chicken. Yeah, and I think until we address the equity involved with eating healthy, there's a big uphill battle, right? Because at the end of the day, it's cheaper to eat unhealthy. And until fresh organic produce is available for everybody, um, you know, it's going to be really hard to change the way people eat because even myself, you know, I'm very fortunate to have uh, a lot, but I still find it really hard to go out there and pay two to three to four times more for organic produce when I got five mouths to feed. We do have a certain amount of privilege but it's still hard for us to to choose an organic plant-based diet. Yeah. So I think like my takeaway from listening to Nicole really is that it's not as hard as you think and a lot of it is just in your head and you just kind of have to do it and lean into it a little bit like she said. So that's and, what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's a journey. It's not that one day all of a sudden you're going to go cold turkey from meat and go all plant-based. That for her, she was describing that it took her 10 years for her to become a vegan. That it, it is a long journey, but that's okay. It's And it's a very personal experience for everyone. It may look different for you than it looks for her or for me. All right, I'm going to go throw out my butter. <laughs> I love butter. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nicole Marquis. You can follow her on Instagram. And hey, if you're ever in Philly, give me a ring. I'd love to take you out to one of her restaurants. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give feedback to this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen. This helps us out so much. I'm your host, Bon Koo. Rob Puglisi produced this episode. And our theme music was created by the amazing Emmanuel Houston. See you next week.